This is After the Bell Rings, a podcast brought to you by the Triad School District in Troy, Illinois. In this series, you'll hear about what your kids are learning, how they're learning, and ideas to strengthen the school-home partnership. Here's Amy Van Hoos. Welcome to After the Bell Rings. My name is Amy Van Hoos, and today we are in episode 22. Today I'm going to talk to high school teachers, Curtis James and Jennifer Mallett. They're both high school math teachers, and they are going to share some ideas about how to help our high school math students be successful. That can sometimes be somewhat hard because a lot of us haven't done a lot with math since we have left high school or college. We use math in our everyday lives, but the intensity that our high school students go through is sometimes a little lost to adults who have been out of it for a while. So Mr. James and Mrs. Mallet are going to give us some helpful hints on how to help our kids be successful. So before we get started, let's meet our guests. Um, Mrs. Mallet, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, I'm Jennifer Mallet. I live in the Triad School District. Um, this is actually only my third year teaching at Triad High School because before that I was at Belleville West High School. Um, my, my children, all three, go to Silver Creek right now, and so I was just really excited to get involved in the school where they will be going. Um, so I do have an extensive math background for, um, I've been teaching for 15 years now. Mr. James, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Curtis James. I, this is my 11th year teaching in the Triad District, but my 22nd year overall. Uh, I spent about 10 years over on the St. Louis side in Clayton and a couple years at Hazelwood East to start my career. Uh, I have a master's in mathematics, and uh, I am also the department chair, as well as going through national board certification right now. Both of our teachers here oh, today. Yeah. Are, yep, Jen <laughs> is too. Both of them are working on their national board certification, which is an outstanding professional development opportunity for these teachers. Yep. And um, they're, they're really studying hard and reflecting about high school math so really they're here today to tell us a little bit about what they've learned through the reflections too so you guys enjoying your process of national board i think so it's definitely um i i was prepared for it to be a little challenging so it has definitely met that standard for sure um but i have enjoyed what i have been able to do through it yeah i would agree i um and getting my master's in math, I really focused on math and, and really worked very hard on that. And then this has made me really reflect on my teaching and, and what do I do in the classroom that helps kids be successful. So we're really excited to have you guys here today and, and share everything you've learned and, and share these helpful ideas with us. So really, I mean, it seems like over the last decade, there have been so many more opportunities for students to go into a career with math. I mean, they've always been there, but no matter what, I mean, if you're going to college or a trade school, military, or straight into employment, there are so many different ways that students are using math through all of these new careers and basically an explosion of technology. So math is so important. And could you guys tell me a little bit about why a strong background in math really is important and and help us get a big picture of it? Well, I know that um, we can say what we want about Common Core and things of that nature, but the main idea behind Common Core is to really make sure that we have a solid foundation of number sense. And I really just have to say that as a high school math teacher, that's the number one thing um, that we're either kind of lacking or I, I've actually kind of seen it pick up quite a bit um, as far as what they have, their background knowledge before they get to us as freshmen in high school. 
Yeah, I mean, algebra is really just generalized arithmetic. And so, you know, if you don't have those basic concepts down, it becomes really hard to see what the meaning of those X's and those Y's are and understand why we use letters to represent numbers and stuff. And then that just feeds into geometry and everything else later on. So that that middle school background is, is really vital for being successful in high school math. And as an elementary teacher coming mm-hmm. from an elementary position, really uh, the teaching of math changed quite a bit as my career changed also. In the beginning, we would teach just basics. Here's how you do it. Here's your rule. Mm -hmm. And then as I got farther into my career, we really looked more into the why behind all of it and and why we do what we do and and understand that number sense a little bit more. So really excited to hear that it's (laughs) transferring into high school math and that that you guys are seeing that shift too as kids have uh, Mm -hmm. progressed. And I really have to say it's pretty interesting because I have a fifth grader, third grader, pre-Ker, and I all the time, I mean, I am constantly bringing up in my class, look what my daughter did today, look at this. Look, you guys know this, look at this. Um, they, they don't really like me doing that all the time, <laughs> um, but I, I feel like they have such a strong mathematical background going through the elementary schools here, for sure. So it's good to hear that, that, that kids are coming up with this um, mathematical background. And what are some other reasons that uh, reasoning and sense making are important to high school mathematics? Well, I mean, this is a really vital question. Uh, you know, students and parents don't often see the reason why we work on proofs or why we solve equations in high school math. Um, however, those skills are, you know, they're pretty critical for logical thought. You know, if you're a STEM career, you're going to be using, like, you know, if you're an engineer or a computer programmer or a scientist, you're going to use algebra or, or um, geometry in very concrete ways all the time, even calculus. Um, however, you know, even if you're somebody who works on a spreadsheet all the time, those algebraic ideas to link those columns and put those numbers together require some basic algebra sense um, to do that in there. You know, businesses use mathematical models and statistics to improve their sales and marketing. You know, lawyers have to have an intimate understanding of logic to make successful arguments. You know, I know Miss Mallet and I both, oh, yeah. when we've taught proofs, mm-hmm. have made that case to students that, you know, um, you're really writing out an argument here for yep. doing this. And, you know, even when uh, the juniors, they have to do a research paper, and that's like one of their big things, their junior year in English. You know, they have to have a thesis statement, and then they have to have facts to support that. Those are all the same reasoning that we do when we write a geometric proof. Same way. I always put it upon my students. Do you want to try and convince your parents of something? Okay, let's go. Here, you need fact-based information in order for you to convince your parents and have a logical flow. Um, I just, you know, you get all the time, especially teaching geometry, Oh, proofs, when are we going to use this? But that really, I say you use it all the time. You just don't write it out in a formal proof. As we're saying, it's it's all important, but how can we ensure that kids get the mathematical, mathematical background that they need for the future? Well, for sure, we are both firm believers on taking math every single year you're in high school, especially if you're going on to a trade school or, or if you are college bound. Even whenever you go into college, continue um, to go forward with your math career. Um, my dad actually taught at SWIC for a couple years and he taught the remedial courses that you didn't actually receive actual college credit, but you had to take it in order to get into a real class, quote unquote. Um, so just making sure that you don't take a gap year from math, um, come in and get help if if ever needed. And I think that that builds a strong foundation for your high school math level. Yeah, I would agree. I think a lot of students don't realize 
that you know if they maybe don't like math and they get done in high school and they don't have to take it right away in college they think oh i'm gonna wait and i don't think they realize how rusty their skills can become mm-hmm. after a while uh, a, a young lady mary who was in my calculus class uh, you know she was a great cellist and it was very hard for her to get through calculus and she got through calculus she did fine she got a b or c i don't quite remember and then four years later, she comes back to me and she hasn't taken math for three and a half semesters. Ooh. And she is telling me that, you know, Mr. James, I don't know if I'm going to pass college algebra. And you're somebody who went from taking calculus in high, mm-hmm. in high school to barely being able to pass college algebra because she waited so long. Mm-hmm. She didn't keep up on her skills. And so really, honestly, even maybe taking that senior year off from math because the state only requires three is not the best idea. Mm-hmm. You end up testing into those remedial yep. classes. And I even told my uh, uh, seniors today that you know they're going to be taking placement tests for SWIC for um, their colleges. They should try to brush up a little bit, mm-hmm. especially if that happens in the summer. You don't want to be placed in a remedial math class right. that doesn't give you math credit, but you have to take it yeah, to you get have to, to the pay next the money. One. So yeah. on the other end too, we, I mean, we're talking about getting our, some of our kids, making sure that they are taking four years so they're ready for college. But we also offer some dual credit classes too, right, Mr. James? Uh, yes, we offer uh, dual credit and AP uh, credit. So um, dual credit is credit through a college. And um, my calculus classes, um, students can either take the, the credit through SLU, St. Louis University, and they can get Calculus 1 or potentially Calculus 2 credit even. And, um, or they can take the AP test, the advanced placement test, where they take a test at the end of the year. And if they score well enough, then they can get credit that way through the college. Some colleges will take the dual credit. Some colleges say, no, you have to take the AP. We also offer uh, AP statistics as well. And um, that is a course that's available pretty much after the junior year. And if you're in honors, it's available after the sophomore year. And um, that one is not offered dual credit, but I'll be honest, Ms. Lewis does a wonderful job of preparing those students and students who want to get the credit and the score they need to be successful on that test. So it sounds like, I mean, if you have a child who is no or who knows that they think that they want to go into a career with math, that those might be some really good options to explore because they might lessen the load their freshman yep. year or, mm-hmm. or help graduate on time or a little early. It certainly can. And um, one recommendation that I would personally make, my sons are juniors and are doing this now, um, is I had them take um, AP statistics their junior year so that their senior year, they're, they're math heads just like me, math nerds just like me, and so that their senior year, they wouldn't be taking AP calculus, AP statistics, right. and then physics, which is a lot of math that's to take, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's a pretty big load. I really think AP statistics the junior year, if you're an honors student, is a really good way to go. So definitely parents can keep, uh, keep track of what students are taking in high school and help with mapping out some courses and some encouragement there along with the high school guidance counselors. But how else can parents help their children in their math classes in high school? I always start out the year at my open house and I just say, especially in my geometry class, be positive, just be a positive influence. Please don't tell your children, oh, I hated that class too, whenever I took it, that's not helpful. Um, So just try and be positive, but I know that as high schoolers, we want them to be more independent and we want to give them a little bit of freedom, but they are still adolescents. So my biggest thing, um, I have almost all freshmen throughout the day and then one class of juniors. Um, My biggest thing is check up on plus portals. If you notice that their homework grade is 
in the tube, take away the Fortnite, take away the that Xbox for a while and make sure that those kids are doing the homework, completing the homework. That's the number one best recommendation I can give. Yeah, I would agree here. Uh, you know, you don't have to be the parent that can do the geometry or right. do the algebra with them. You know, I, really providing support and encouragement. I mean, this is what you want them doing. In a few years, they're gonna, if they go off to college or they go off to trade school, you know, you want them independent. You want them on their own. Um, ask them how the class is going from time mm-hmm. to time. You know, if, if a teacher posts, like on my website, you can see where a test is coming up. You can say, hey, I see that you have a test coming up on Friday. Mm-hmm. Are you studying for it? Are you preparing for it? You know, if you let your student know that you're interested in that, they're going to be a little more uh, attentive to that type of thing. Um, if they are having questions, ask them to search YouTube if it's a particular problem they have a question about. There's tons of videos on there yep. on math. Encourage them to call or text a friend or go their, you know, or go see their teacher outside of the classroom or send their teacher an email. I had that actually happen this weekend over an assignment that somebody was working on. Yeah, and the first day of school, I actually have students exchange phone numbers um, because I say, no, this isn't a dating service. I want you to exchange <laughs> numbers so that you have somebody in class. Let's say you go home and, oh my gosh, I've, I lost my worksheet. What am I going to do? You know, they can take a picture of theirs, of course, undone. Um, and then you can do, I have had students come all the time. Oh, I didn't have this, but I texted so-and-so and I got it done. Perfect. You're not a day behind now and you get credit for your homework. So good job. Way to go. You know, finally, I think um, students don't always know how to study for a math test. You can always review your notes and you can review your homework examples. Um, But if a teacher gives a practice test, and I will tell you, you know, in most of our classes we do, you may not see that in the honors classes, but in a lot of the other math class, we usually give a practice test. You know, encourage them to finish it. Encourage them to go check the answers online. I always post mine on Mm -hmm. Google Classroom. And then, you know, they should check those answers. And if there's something they got wrong, they should kind of work through it again and see if they can figure it out or text that friend or come in and see the teacher in the morning. Yep. And, you know, that's a good way to study for those tests. If you're like, you know, I can't do this problem, then you go try to find four others and you try to work that problem until you know what you're doing. Right. It seems like, too, that we know engagement and excitement about a subject can really help a child succeed or be interested and pay attention in class even if parents weren't super excited about math to begin with, I mean, as you mentioned, Jen, a little bit, we, we, can, we can still do our best to get kids uh-huh. excited about it, even if it's not something you absolutely love. What are some ways that you think parents could help foster excitement for kids? I'd say especially in high school, you know, they're starting to get an idea of what they want to do with their lives. Um, What career do you want? What do you want to do after high school? What do you want to do after college? Um, It's a great way to just you sit down together and just say, hey, let's go online. Let's just see what you're interested in. Then let's see what math. I actually had my honors trig kids do this the other day. Let's see what math that requires. Let's and, and they're quite surprised. Oh, okay. I do use geometry every day. Um, Oh, okay, I do need to understand how to graph equations and things like that. I wouldn't have thought that that went along with carpentry, but it sure does. So get them excited saying someday, one day, not too long from now, you will be using this on a day-to-day basis. Seems like we could do that with our middle school and even elementary too. Just, I mean, looking for the future and and kind of getting an idea of what does it hold? What do you need? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I also think, you know, there are a few opportunities that we have here in triad you know there's there's the middle school math team there's the high school math team you know if they've got a little bit of a talent for it you know push them for it cheer you know push them towards that activity cheer them on celebrate those types of things you know if if you've got a kid who has that type of talent 
encourage them to participate. Uh, also, too, one thing I did with, with my boys uh, when they were younger is uh, we just had math fun games. Uh, we played cards a lot where they had to add up the, the totals on the cards um, to play the game. And I, I know that helped them with their addition skills and their subtraction skills. And when we were really young and we're sitting around in a restaurant waiting for our food to come, we played sugar packet math where we pulled out the sugar packets and you know they had a pile of sugar packets and I would say, you know I've got five sugar packets here, how many more do I need to make eight? And then they would either count it out or eventually after doing this, they would say, well, you need three more. And so you know we were building those kind of math fluency skills from a very early age. And they saw it as a fun way that they're spending time with their parents, waiting for food to get there. And they're not, you know, I wasn't on my cell phone. They weren't on a yep. game device or anything like that. I will tell you on the note of a game device. So my two youngers always, you know, whenever my oldest one was learning her times tables, they were right along with her. Just they were all repeating because we'd recite them in the car, wherever we're always on the road. Um, but I will say my little four-year-old, she has this game where it asks, okay, how many more, how many groups of the doggies do I need to, and they had to either follow a bone or follow a piece of meat to make like a total of nine. So she had to decide, okay, well, what makes nine? One day, just in the back of the car, she said, mom, what what makes an eight? And so I like did my finger like the, the number eight. She said, no, 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 I mean like three and five. Okay, and so we went through the possibilities, and what she was doing is she was trying to get the number of little puppies over to make the number eight. So there are great resources out there too. One of my, I think one of my kids' favorites, and I, I feel like we're having a hard time finding it out there. So may, may, I hope it still exists, but there was like a Fruit Ninja version of oh. addition and subtraction and multiplication. A oh. Number sentence would come up, and then they had to swipe the correct answer, and it could get pretty fast paced. Mm-hmm. But that was a that was definitely a big hit for us too. So that would be amazing. I mean, we could. I mean, you guys could. Maybe you guys could build this in high school yes. too with calculus and algebra. Let's we can get really it. advanced. We'll get Mike and Adam, our instructional tech coaches, on oh, this. Oh yeah, It'd be great. So I think that um, Mrs. Mallet and Mr. James have given us lots of ideas on how to get our kids engaged and excited about math, and then a few resources for when they're stuck at home. So thank you, Mrs. Mallet and Mr. James, for coming on today. You're quite welcome. It's great. And now they can start talking about how much they have informed our community about math (laughs) in their national board projects. So as always, the show notes for today are going to be on the website, afterthebellrings.org. And Mrs. Mallet and Mr. James have also added some resources that might be really interesting to you. There's a website called Quizlets and Quizzes and Khan Academy, and all three of those are ways that kids can practice concepts at home or even learn new concepts. So as we close today, remember that you can find us at afterthebellrings.org for all of our show notes, and you can actually listen to our podcast right there. You can also find us at, on Facebook or on Twitter at ATBR Podcast. You can also find us anywhere that podcasts can be found, like Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to After the Bell Rings. Our mission is to strengthen the school-home partnership. For show notes, to contact us, and for more information, visit afterthebellrings.org. Is there anything else you guys want to add before I do close it? It's Fruit Ninja Academy. It's Fruit Ninja Academy. Academy. It's a real thing. That is awesome.